0: you For tuning in to the Mercy One podcast. Today, we are going to talk about insect bites, tick season, and the first aid you need to know to help treat them. Summer is starting, so this is going to be a really relevant topic. Today, we are joined by Dr. Laura Bauscher. She's a family medicine physician at Mercy One Waukee Family Medicine. How are you doing today, Dr. Bauscher? Great. Thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. We are officially in summer. Today we're recording this on the summer solstice. So it is officially summer. With the change in the seasons and all the bugs that come out in the Midwest, what do you recommend to make sure you're preventing insect bites? Yeah. And we obviously know insect
1: bites are just a part of life in Iowa, but there are some things we can do to try to help keep those from happening. Most basic thing is just kind of knowing where you're at and what kind of an environment you're going to be in. Are you going to be someplace that's near woods or standing water or someplace where you're going to be really exposed and preparing accordingly for that? Choosing what you wear when you go outside is also important. So knowing that long sleeves, long pants are going to be helpful as far as keeping that skin covered. So you reduce the need for insect repellent. If you're going to be going hiking in the woods, adding that hat in to keep critters out of your hair, especially ticks. If you're going to be going through fields and you really know your exposure risk is high, there are even things like tucking your pant legs into your socks, just to really minimize the amount of available skin that's going to be covered. Next up is finding a good insect repellent, right? We think that the DEET insect repellents are the ones that are going to be most effective against mosquitoes and ticks, and so getting that on,
0: and getting on that on in skin, you know, skin exposed areas. I also want to talk about allergic reactions to bug bites. So, can you walk us through the difference between what an allergic reaction from bee stings, wasp stings, and other common insect bites can look like? Yeah. Most of the time
1: with an insect bite or a sting, you're going to have pain or swelling very local to the area where you're affected. The kind of concerning allergic reactions are the ones that are, we call anaphylaxis. So that infect multiple body systems. So if you, after having a sting or a bite, usually a sting, if you start having difficulty breathing, swelling of your face, your mouth, feeling like you're having a hard time swallowing, any nausea or vomiting symptoms. If you're feeling lightheaded or dizzy or weak, or if you feel like things like your heart is racing, and those are things where the bug bite has spread outside of that just immediate area where you're feeling kind of crummy there, or maybe just feeling bugged by how itchy it is. But if you're having those system-wide body reactions, we want to get you in to be evaluated right
0: away. If you're noticing those symptoms like you were talking about, is there anything that can be done in first aid immediately after like the sting is noticed? And then kind of a follow-up question, where is the best place for you to get care for an allergic reaction like that? Is it emergency care?
1: Yeah, it would be emergency
0: care. So if you uh, are somebody who's had a prior allergic reaction
1: to stings and you know that this is something that you have a medical condition with, that's the really important part of carrying Like your EpiPen with you at all times. And so if you have a prior reaction, that's just part of general first aid is never going anywhere without your EpiPen. And your physician can talk to you about how to use those EpiPens appropriately and using them with that first sign of this severe allergic reaction. And if you've got questions about that, follow up with your doctor or your pharmacist. If you've never had a reaction like this before, but you're having the symptoms mentioned, difficulty breathing or swallowing, face swelling, nausea, vomiting, lightheadedness, then getting into an emergency room is going to be your best, vet because those are things that can progress to being really serious, life-threatening consequences really quickly. And so we want that evaluation. If you're someplace where you feel like you can't safely transport yourself, it would be even something worth calling 911 for because they have the appropriate things to treat you in the field if you need that emergency treatment.
0: Yeah, it's definitely important to get the care right away. Bug bites, even if you aren't allergic, can be very irritating. So I'm wondering, are there any effective home remedies or like first aid measures for relieving that pain, itching, swelling that are caused by insect bites? Yeah. You know, I'll preface this
1: by saying as with any medical information, take everything with a grain of salt in your own medical history. There are certain medications that I'll talk about that are not indicated for all patients. So make sure you do check with your primary care provider about using them, but Locally, you can use ice or a cool wash rag to the affected area, to that bite area for as long as you want to, you know, 20 minutes every couple hours is just going to help with some of that redness and swelling. Definitely if you have an area that's um, that's bothering you keeping it elevated if it's on your arm or your leg and that's just going to help with a little bit of the swelling built up in the area. You can use a baking soda paste or an over the counter hydrocortisone cream that's kind of a weak steroid cream to help with the itching and you can use that a couple times a day. There's some over-the-counter allergy medicines like satyrazine, loratidine that can be taken that will help with just that itching sensation all over your body. They're safe for most people, but do check with your physician if you're not sure about whether that's safe for you.
0: And I remember growing up and maybe it's like more of like an old wives tale or whatever, but I used to put nail polish top coat over like a mosquito bite or something. Is there anything to that? Gosh, not that I know of. I
1: remember hearing that too. Not that I know of. I would say it doesn't sound like it's overly harmful used in small amounts. So if it just helps somebody feel like it makes them better, I'm not going to say that you don't need to do it, but wouldn't usually recommend that as the primary treatment. You're going to have better with your hydrocortisone cream
0: and some ice probably. There we go. How do chiggers different from the other insects we've talked about? earlier on. Yeah. So not a full on bug expert, but usually we see chigger bites are the ones
1: that get on the clothing and they're just going to crawl across your, across your clothing to the nearest area of, you know, skin exposure. And so usually we see chigger bites more around that area where skin is connected to the, like that line of your clothing. So around your ankles or waistband around your shoulder line, because they'll get on the clothing and they'll crawl up there. So whereas mosquitoes are going to fly and land wherever they can. The chiggers usually hit the ankles and the waistband often. They also are crawlers instead of flyers is my understanding. And so they just sort of hit lots of little small bites in a small affected area, as opposed to just here and there over the body. Really itchy, really irritating. The same first aid things that we were talking about kind of apply though.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. They kind of, they can give me the heebie-jeebies a little bit. Is there anything that you should do immediately after noticing a bite? That's no, okay. no. I mean,
1: getting ice on it sooner rather than later might help with some of that immediate swelling reaction. If there's a sting, like a bee or a wasp sting, trying to get the stinger out. But if it were my kiddo, I wouldn't be pushing too hard if they're immediately upset to get that out before I was comforting them and trying to get some ice and, you know, TLC. So I'm trying to get the stinger out, but not at the expense of just taking care of, you know, the immediate sadness and pain.
0: Yeah. It's not fun to get stung no. by a beer or a wasp. So I want to switch gears and move into a conversation around ticks and then also the disease that they're most known to be to be carriers for, which is Lyme disease. Can you give us a summary of what Lyme disease is and symptoms, common symptoms associated with it? Yeah, so Lyme disease is a
1: an infection that is carried by a specific species of tick, especially a specific species of tick that resides in Iowa. Lyme disease is something that can range from a pretty mild infection if caught earlier with a rash to more severe symptoms that could potentially be lasting months to years if not diagnosed or treated early. So Lyme disease happens when you get bit by a tick and that tick stays on for upwards of a day to a day and a half. So if you find a tick when you're out walking around and you brush it off or you examine stuff at your home and you take it off within the first, you know, even day, 24 hours, you're probably going to be okay and don't need to do anything, but the longer the tick stays on there, the higher the chance of getting this bacterial infection. So because it can be long lasting, we want to make sure we appropriately treat it when needed.
0: Say you notice it, it's been on for that over a day period. Mm -hmm. Should you urgent care or make a appointment with your primary care provider? What is the best course of action?
1: So let's say you find a tick, it's been on for between, you know, 36 hours to two days and you take it off with a pair of tweezers. That's when you want to get in to see somebody, hopefully within the next 24 hours or so. So whether it's urgent care on the weekend or whether it's your primary care office, but get in for that appointment. And usually you can be safely treated with a single dose of uh, antibiotic to keep from getting any sort of a reaction or infection.
0: So you mentioned that it can last for a long period. Is there any like reason that it can last for, you know, months to a year versus like a shorter period of time? Yeah. Uh, Lyme disease is typically
1: something that your body's not going to clear on its own. So if you do get the infection, having it diagnosed and treated is the way to stop the symptoms from spreading. And because it can be a hard one to identify initially, um, that's just why it can be gone on for longer and longer without being diagnosed. So the most common thing we see is just that tick bite initially. Let's say you didn't even really notice you had a tick, but you've been out in a wooded area or you've been camping. You know what to watch for is having that. It's called a bullseye rash is the most common noted thing we notice. And that's usually somewhere around a week or so out from the exposure. But even if you don't have for sure a known tick exposure, if you have that bullseye rash, we're going to treat it for Lyme disease. Cause that is the thing. And that bullseye rash often is not painful or bothersome. You just sort of see this ring on your skin anywhere from the size of, you know, a quarter to being in the size of a softball, and it can be varying in how, it, you know, what it looks like when you get it. So if you see that rash and you've been in a wooded area, get in to see your doctor to get on an antibiotic. Beyond that, we can see a few weeks out if you start having fevers, headaches, joint pains, just generally feeling crummy, even if you didn't know if you had a tick exposure or not, that constellation of symptoms we want you to get in to be seen by your provider so you can be evaluated, and they kind of talk through what you know, risk factors you have or don't have and talk about how to check you for or treat you for Lyme disease if you have it.
0: Oh, the joys of living in Iowa. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Are the preventative measures that we can take to protect ourselves from tick bites and contracting Lyme disease? Are those similar to the other insects as well? You know, long pants, long sleeves.
1: Yep. Getting your DEET, DEET insect repellent, you know, keeping yourself covered and the surfaces covered. I guess the other thing to add is if you know you're in an area where you've been out in the woods or hiking or camping or playing outside, whatever that may look like, just checking yourself and your family members for ticks. So just looking at your hair behind your ears, you know, once over in the shower to make sure you don't have a tick, because like we were talking about before, the best way to not get Lyme disease is to get those ticks off within that first 24 hours of exposure.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like whenever I've gone hiking or anything like that, one of the first things I do when I get back is like, run down, okay, make sure we're clear, both me and my dog, because they attach themselves to my dog too. <laughs> I was going to say, check in your pets for ticks too is important, because if they
1: get inside the house with a the pet, then you want to, you know, make sure we get rid of them so they don't go to family members.
0: Exactly. Besides Lyme disease, are there any other potential health risks associated with tick bites?
1: Oh, not commonly in Iowa, I would say. I mean, we always have a concern if someone gets a bacterial skin infection around a bite or a sting area, about 95% of the time those reactions are gonna be more of an allergic type reaction than they are bacterial infection, but your provider can help you sort that out. In other areas of the country, ticks are known to carry other sort of diseases or kind of diseases that are somewhat similar to Lyme disease, but different in their own regard. So Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever is a more common one out in the western states that's a tick-borne illness but we don't see that a lot here unless somebody's been traveling similarly east coast has some different patterns of disease
0: that's actually a really good point because like while well, yes you know we're in the summertime in iowa summer all over the northern hemisphere you know if you're traveling and stuff you also have to watch out for bugs and that kind of stuff as well. Is there anything we didn't cover in terms of insect bites, tick season, and first aid that you want to make sure that you communicate? I mean, this is what I feel like all of our moms told us, but just try not to scratch at them,
1: right? We see those, the secondary infections or the bacterial infections on our skin more just with the scratching and then that breaks down the skin. So even though it's so hard to do, scratching is going to make it worse and it makes it more likely to get infected. So do your best not to. And then just going back to what we said at the start, right? Prevention is going to be our best way of doing that. Best way of keeping us, keeping us safe from having it happen.
0: That actually makes me wonder, can you walk through how scratching leads to a bacterial infection? Because I think, you know, people know that logically, but maybe the, the journey of how we get there is worth learning.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, nothing major. Usually when we scratch, if you scratch hard enough to break through the skin, you're introducing any bacteria that was already on the skin surface. So that was on your fingernails into the mm-hmm. bloodstream, into that tissue in the area. And with the perfectly wrong circumstances, that can become an infection.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it only takes once, right, to get that infection. Yep, exactly. Uh- Awesome. Okay. Well, I don't have any more questions for you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I really appreciate you talking about something so exciting as insect bites. (laughs) Absolutely. Thanks for talking today.